Outside, should I run and hide? How do I take my company worldwide? Do you love the law? Did you watch Hee Haw? What's the weirdest thing that you ever saw? What's it like in court? Favorite sport? Can you help with my book report? Is my hair too long? Am I right or wrong? And do you mind if I sing along to anything? Ask Alan anything in the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Ask Alan. I'm Alan Crone, uh, CEO of the Crone Law Firm. And today we have uh, Lee Mansberg with us, who is the president of uh, Junior Achievement of Memphis. And uh, she has uh, uh, agreed to come on the show today and talk about herself and talk about Junior Achievement. Lee, thank you for your time. Thank you, Alan. It's good to be here. And we should disclose to everyone that we were going to do this uh, uh, earlier, in fact, last week, and we had uh, internet problems on my end, and Lee has been nice enough to to come back and, and try it a second time. So hopefully, uh, second time's a charm. Absolutely. Has to be. All right. Now, I understand from our last uh, conversation that you're, you're from uh, Arkansas. I am. I'm from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. My mom's a Memphian, my dad's an Arkansan. So I get to straddle the Mississippi River quite nicely. Yeah, I uh, I grew up in my my whole family. I'm a fifth generation Memphian, but my dad is a pharmacist, and he had a pharmacy over in West Memphis, Arkansas, and we lived over. I always say I lived on the bridge. I grew okay. up on the bridge because we we're always coming back and forth to the big city. Uh, that was you know Madison Avenue was my gateway to Memphis. When we crossed the bridge, and got off the expressway on the Madison Avenue exit, um, I was like, oh, we're here. And we would drive up and down Madison. I would be like, "These my town I grew up in was small, so it was always exciting to take the take the ride through the seven in the nineteen seventies up Madison Avenue." So your orientation was to Memphis as opposed to uh, Little Rock. Yeah, well, because we were just here so much, we were three hours away, two and a half, three hours away from Memphis, and just forty five minutes from Little Rock. So a lot of my life was spent in Little Rock, and my dad practiced law up there some, so um, knew the state. Well, you know, all over the state. Yeah, uh, Arkansas is kind of um, unique, I think, in that uh, no matter where you live in Arkansas, you you kind of identify as being in a suburb of Little Rock. There is some definite truth to that, particularly, yeah, it's just right there in the middle and all Arkansas football games used to be there. Um, kind of, you know, the energy of the state made its way there. So, okay, so um, you went to, to high school in Pine Bluff? I did, home of the fighting zebras, and then made my way, you know, nothing like a good fighting zebra. I don't know how they came up with that one. Um, and then made my way to the university. This is better than the uh, prevaricating zebras. Yes, it is much better than the prevaricating zebras. That's true. And then made my way to the University of Memphis, where I did my undergraduate um, and master's degrees, and really fell in love with, always was in love with the city. Um, the universe and the university spent my childhood going to basketball games at the Coliseum with my grandmother, who was a lifetime holder of those tickets. And whoever got the second ticket went with, got to drive her to the game. And I always <laughs> volunteered for that. Right, where were her seats? Oh, her seats were center court. And remember that bar up in the middle, like where people could walk in front of it. 
she was the first row behind that bar. So she really spent a lot of the game with people stopping by and chatting her up. In the first row of of the golden circle. Uh, Right outside of the golden circle. Like you went up above the golden circle. So not to block the view of those in the golden circle. Okay. All right. Um, Yeah. The, um, uh, Coliseum was a great was a great venue for college basketball. It's a shame oh, uh, that we've moved on from there, but uh, uh, lots of uh, I remember seeing uh, uh, Bubba Luckett uh, play uh, in the Coliseum when I was uh, my my dad had uh, uh, season tickets as well. He he had had season tickets back in the uh, yeah. the field house, and um, just growing up with that was a, was a great was a great time. It was a lot of fun, and the ice cream was really good in the Coliseum. I used to love their ice cream. <laughs> so, so you did undergraduate at Memphis, got your master's at Memphis, um, and then so what? Uh, when you're in college, high school, college, was there anybody in your life that was particularly influential in terms of of the path that your your life took later on? Oh, one hundred percent. Every teacher I met, but there were you know there were these great teachers in Pine Bluff where I grew up. I went that just really instilled in me this passion for why you teach, not just teaching as a career, but just as a a way of communicating information. And they always kept me inspired. And when I got to the University of Memphis, I just kept meeting these great teachers. I was trained as both an English and a history teacher. And those departments at the university were incredible. And um, I just spent my whole life wanting to be a teacher. And in Memphis, it was a particularly great thing to get your master's in education because the university opened these doors for you. And I just got to meet these incredible, I mean, Loretta Terrace at Overton High School where I did my student teaching was transformational. And she worshiped at the Greek Orthodox Church and Father Viron would come by her classroom every week and he would inspire me and just give me these great little nuggets as to purpose and why I was doing what I was doing. And so the university took a really vested interest in getting those of us who did that work strategically placed throughout the city um, to take on leadership roles and grow in our position. It It was a great time in the 80s to do 80s and early 90s to do your teacher training at the University of Memphis. It was an exciting time for that department. And the city was really just starting to take off with their teacher preparation programs. And it was it was a fun time. Met great people who are all still in education. One of the people I started my teaching career with now, um, Dr. Terrence Brown, heads college career and technical education for Shelby County Schools. And we taught at White Station High School together as baby teachers. So it's really fun that I get to work with now a, a strong leader with Shelby County Schools in my work. And so it just all comes full circle. Well, it is amazing how important a, a major university is to a town. And, oh. you know, uh, there are two institutions that Memphis wouldn't be Memphis without them, and that's the University of Memphis and Federal Express. Uh, if we didn't have either one of those institutions, Memphis would not be what it is today. I agree with that. And just, you know, when we lost that final game, the whole city mourned. I've never felt anything. um, I've just never felt anything like it. I went to Kroger that day. And so our spirit is so tied up, whether you went to the university or not, 
Um, the spirit of the city is really tied up. So anytime the university calls on me for help or a project and I do a lot of strategy work, my answer is always yes, because um, I think economically as a driver, it profoundly affects our trajectory forward. And I love where Dr. Rudd is taking it um, to see this university become a research, a major hub for research, because it grows our, grows our economy. That's exactly right. And um, well, let me ask you this, aside from your current job, we'll set that yeah. aside for a second. What was your favorite teaching experience uh, coming up through the ranks? Uh, my, my most hilarious teaching moment was that I was a student teacher at White Station Middle School with eighth graders and they were horrible to me. They, I was literally fresh meat. <laughs> and then I got my first teaching job, which was the, the ninth grade English teacher at White Station High School. So all of these children who had been so horrible when I was a student teacher became my students again when I was the actual teacher and had some power. And I've <laughs> never had a better behaved group of students than in my first year of teaching. They literally sat down in their desk and hung their heads. But um, I had a great time at Overton High School uh, when I was a student teacher there. Lula Mae Hedgeman was the... Um, performing arts teacher and Overton was at the height of its choir and performance days. Right. That was fun. I was Eric Gales's senior English teacher. So um, got to teach a fantastic Memphis blues artist, um, which was really cool. And then when I was at St. Mary's leading a generation of bold women, it, it just was work that was fun to I've always loved education and children and um, inspiring the future. Well, that's, that's, that's great. My, my, I always have a soft spot for teachers. My mother is a teacher. Um, she taught in the Memphis City Schools for years. Where did she teach? She was an art teacher. And uh, she has a, a number of stories like that. The, the, the moral of that story, of that uh, middle school and high school story <laughs> is, you, you never know uh, when you're gonna see people again. You know, you never know that the, the student teacher you have today may be your English teacher tomorrow. Uh, it should be nice to everybody. We should be, yes, the moral of the story is. Absolutely. Uh, well, very, well, very good. So, uh, so uh, now you're at uh, Junior Achievement. I see the connection um, between Junior Achievement and teaching, but tell me how, how did it, it happen that a, a good public school teacher like yourself ended up the president of uh, Junior Achievement of Memphis? That it was an interesting journey the last few years. So when I finished, I'd been both in public education and private education, and I grew a real passion for the actual business of education. And um, had started some work, some graduate school work on my MBA, and was fortunate enough to get um, an opportunity to go to work for a private finance company to build out some infrastructure for them in exchange for them to teach me how you buy and sell companies, how you build um, pro formas and cost of goods. And I really fell in love with the work, but my heart's with nonprofit service. My heart is with lifting up Memphis through those avenues and not the for-profit world. And so I left that world to go, was recruited by Leslie Lynn Smith as the chief operating officer of Epicenter. 
and loved that work and learned so much from her about how we build businesses with for minorities, how we build businesses with women, how we look at the drivers of our economy. And I just, every day was an amazing learning experience. But the fact of the matter is, is I'm a great educator for children. And when Junior Achievement's position opened up, I really asked myself the question, well, if the work that's taking place at Epicenter could drop down to our kindergarten through 12th grade children so that we could facilitate the path forward even faster so that children who wanted to start businesses and young adults knew how to be properly banked before they even graduate high school. How powerful could that be for Epicenter when they're ready to, you know, deploy their capital stack. So I really felt called um, to this place last summer when I started, but I really gave the board a challenge that how, do, how about if we turn this into a school, that we look at it as a curriculum driver and not this place that just teaches kind of financial literacy and workforce readiness and entrepreneurship, but we're actually a school and we change our entire mentality, which we've done. And very aggressively so, the board has been amazing. And so Junior Achievement is a school. We just happen to serve hundreds of schools throughout 23 counties in the Mid-South. Well, um, I, I agree with you. I think that one of the, the challenges we have in Memphis particularly is uh, folks that, have, that are at lower income and have been generationally in lower income. Um, and, you know, in Memphis that the the large majority of those folks are, are African-American, although there's, there are lots of folks in different ethnic and, and racial groups that comprise that as well. Um, but a lot of those folks don't have the frame of reference to know what they can do. You know, right. And I think there's a lot of misinformation out there about how starting a business works. And I think some people think that, well, you just get handed a bunch of resources or you just kind of know how to do it when in fact there's a skill set you have to develop to be able to operate in business. I, I agree. I think that that's a fair point. And if children who are young can understand this. And so we're very excited. We're doing a great project with Ike Griffith with the Department of Youth Services. I know he mentioned it on an episode of the show. I enjoyed listening to it. But we're super excited for National Entrepreneurship Month. Um, and uh, Ike has been a huge partner. I mean, we just have a little, so much fun working with that division. Um, and we'll bring National Entrepreneurship Month to, um, I think, almost 700 children. And um, we'll use our curriculum, JAB Entrepreneurial. We will bring launch lessons, which is bringing Memphis's emerging and established entrepreneurs to our children all over the city and let them really see themselves in the work and ask questions. We launched it last year, it was an incredible, incredible um, experience. So we're excited to bring it, we've scaled it up and we're excited to bring it to a lot more children. Well, why don't you uh, tell us in 2020, what is the scope of Junior Achievement and what is it that you're doing, what's your mission, what are you doing day to day to accomplish the mission? Well, day to day is everybody has adapted. Our number one, you know, when, when COVID began, I said to the team, our only challenge this year is to be relevant so that when we are past COVID, people were glad we were here and I hope they are. We see ourselves, I think this is a question that begins with ment a mentality of how we see our work. 
we see our work as batting second, that the, the schools, the aftercare programs that we serve are coming up to bat first. And it's Junior Achievement's job to make sure they get around the bases and to make our programs work for them, not make them work for our programs. Um, so we approach the work from a servant mentality. And our work, what we have done as a teacher, and I'm the first teacher to lead Junior Achievement, so it's a great experience to be an educator actually been a part of a team that's implemented virtual learning and online learning. So I come at this from a lot of experience. So I said, let's make sure our teachers can win. Let's give them an easy win. So we have spent the summer literally in lockdown mode, revamping everything that we do so that our teachers throughout the community at no cost to our public school partners at Shelby County Schools um, so that our teachers can have unlimited access to us. And for our private partners, for some of our other public partners, we're greatly reducing the cost so that teachers can have a win. And so we've developed a video series that we think is the most exciting thing since sliced bread. It's really fun. Um, we have, we did, we, Shelby County Schools inspired greatness in us. They said, please, for some, for the Superintendent Summer Learning Academy, can you create some content? And we did, we created 10 episodes each episode, it was for kindergarten through fifth grade, featured an entrepreneur, a child entrepreneur, and they were so charming and fun. And Shelby County School said, can you come back with another full suite of them? So we have 36 new episodes that'll be created by mid-September, early October. And what's exciting is we're, hope we're looking at scaling them across the state and other cities um, throughout the country are asking to use these videos too. So we're something great, great things happen in Memphis. And so we've got that going on. We are launching um, two new, what we call capstone programs that will complement BizTown, which most people know BizTown really well. We will have a full suite of middle school activities and we have launched 10 high school courses that are available to our learning partners that, um, that are completely can be taught in person, they can be taught blended, or children can um, do what's called self-pacing with a teacher popping in and out to help them out. So we're super excited to have those tools as well. So a big, big suite of courses that are easy for teachers to use. Um, and that's what we're doing. Well, that sounds great. My, my mother called me um, right after we promoted the fact that you're gonna be on the show. And she said, junior achievement was one of the best things that she ever did when she was in uh, school. She went, uh, she's not sure, she thinks it was on Union somewhere, maybe at the, the Goodwin Institute um, on Madison when she was in the ninth grade uh, and did junior achievement. And they had some sort of, uh, I mean, it was, I guess it was essentially the BizTown program. And they operated some, she said, we operated some sort of of stores. She said, I'm not sure what we sold. We didn't sell very many of them. Goldsmiths had to come in and bail us out at the end. They bought all of our inventory. So I, she said, I, I learned about capitalism. I learned about um, making a good product and I learned about getting bailed out. Uh, and she said, it wasn't very fun. It was kind of humiliating to, to be bailed out. So she said, that was a good experience because I, I never wanted that to happen to me again. Well, good for her. And that's the, that is one of the best lessons. If our children can have this entrepreneurial mindset, you have to fail. 
And, and failing early is not a bad thing because children develop the resiliency they need, as your mother did, um, to get up and keep fighting. And these times will require our children to be more resilient than ever. And if, it, if our curriculum teaches anything, that's one of the most important things that it can teach is, that, is the resiliency of an entrepreneur. They just keep getting back up. And I, I represent a lot of entrepreneurs and I think the great ones, exactly right. They, you know, the way they look at it is, well, this doesn't work. That tells me what doesn't work. Now I can find something that does work. Um, but I think there are a lot of people, I think right now, maybe more so than any time I can think of, it's kind of trendy to be an entrepreneur. Yes. And a lot of people get into it without really knowing what's, you know, what's, uh, what's expected or what's uh, required to be, uh, to be successful. And um, uh, is there some part of your program that helps uh, discuss that part of it? Well, I think readiness is the, is the key word we're looking for here is that you got to always have your ducks in a row and teaching that this is you, you can't be careless with your resources. So our lessons teach you know, resources are hard to come by and being a good steward of them. So we really do like, we always want to plant hope, but we have to teach our children to create, to, to, you know, we love the expression that, you know, we plant, it's a, you know, out of the Catholic church, there's this grant, this great expression that we plant seeds for a future, not our own. And to plant the seeds, you have to cultivate the soil well. And so Junior Achievement's mission is really hoping that when our children, our hope is to have them fully through our curriculum by the end of eighth grade, so that they really enter high school intentionally with well-toiled soil, that they spend their high school careers smartly preparing themselves for if they wanna launch a business post high school, or if they want to go on and use, you know, to use the amazing resource, the state of Tennessee, to go to um, to Shelby, to Shelby, to, to Southwest, to go to TCAT, to go to More Tech, they're using those well. Or if they want to go on to University of Memphis or CBU or Rhodes, that they really understand the process to building toward what they want to build. How many uh, students are you able to reach each year? We, our numbers were not, we were hoping to reach 15,000 students this year and our busiest quarter is fourth quarter every mm. year. So um, it's a bad question to ask this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, that hurt, but you know, in general between um, 12 and 15,000 children a year, that's why we're adding new programs. We're about to see that scale very quickly. We know that we will far surpass 15,000 children this year. In the first two weeks of our program year, we reached almost 2,000 children um, with this video series. And so, you know, we reach a lot of children and we build the base. Um, but most important to me, you know, a lot of people like those metrics, but I want to know, and we've, we have collective impact around the children we reach because it's gotta be good. I mean, we can reach a lot of children, but if it's mediocre, we haven't done our work. So we are wrapping around beta testing our finance part virtual program. It's really interesting. It's our new seventh grade program. And it's about personal budgeting was designed to do a beta test between 500 and 800 children. 
when COVID happened, we had to build the team around it because we have almost already 3,000 children subscribed to it. So, <laughs> so um, what's exciting about that program is that it, it takes 14 hours per child to get through that program. So then when you multiply 3,000 times 14 hours, that's some really amazing impact, right? And we're really excited about that. We, you know, we've had to realign our staff members to support all of this, but who cares? It's good work. And so we're really excited about it. Well, you should be. It, it, uh, it sounds like a, uh, what, what we need. And um, so uh, are you in all of the, the Shelby County schools? We are working with different departments of the schools. Um, our goal would be to be in all the schools. We're hoping the video series, K-5, will be in all the schools. We'll see the Department of Student Services um, under Dr. Billy Walker has been so supportive. He and his team have been, we, we have done this project with his team and they've been amazing. The College Career and Technical Education Department under Dr. Brown and with Philip Dotson have been so such great partners. We're working in partnership with them with the virtual career fair um, with Tech Ed to go. So we've got multiple partners throughout the city leveraging our skills instead of everybody kind of being in a silo. We've just opened ourselves up and said, come on, let's all work together. Let's figure this out. And then we will be running a career exploration in May called Inspire for College Career and Technical Education that is going to be a career exploration on steroids. It is going to be so much fun and we're super excited to welcome all of their students to that. So we're being very strategic and um, we hope to scale that career fair up to all eighth grade children, but we're going to start with 2000 and um, hopefully we'll scale that up. We're hoping to scale it by 2023 to all eighth grade children, but we need to make sure it's what the district wants. It's not about what we want. It's, a, it's what we hope for, but um, I want the district to believe in our work and earning their trust and being a valued partner to them and a solution provider to them is what's most important to me. So we will listen carefully and be a partner with them. Well, I know you'll be a good partner and I know that uh, every child that you can reach on this, no matter what their background is, this is such good information. And it's the kind of information that feels like it ought to be more prevalent in, in schools of every type, but every type of school is uh, eliminating it in favor of more, I guess, more core subjects for lack of a better word. Um, and that's, that's a shame. Well, we are, we're working around that. We, we're very pleased to be a part of a national organization that advocates for us in Congress with, this, with the Community Reinvestment Act and that um, aligns our program with Tennessee's Department of Education standards. So we align with social studies curriculum, we align with math curriculum, so that we're able to say to the teachers, as you start preparing for your end of year test, we can help you reach your goals doing it through this curriculum. So it doesn't have to be either or, we are working really hard to be a both and solution for them. All right, well, very good. Well, Lee, I think that's about all of our time. Um, <laughs> I, I really so much fun, Alan. I know, I know, me too. I really have enjoyed talking with you and I, I've enjoyed learning about um, junior achievement. I thought I knew, uh, I guess I knew what 
my mother's junior achievement was in mine, but I didn't know what we were doing now. And I, I love the, all of the education uh, programming that you're doing so that you don't have to, come, it sounds like you don't have to come to BizTown necessarily to get what junior achievement has to offer. Not at all. We have a big world that needs. So you're right. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Lee. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening to uh, Ask Alan, and I'll see you next time. Again, Lee, thank you very much, and uh, we'll be, uh, I'll see you around campus. Oh, I'll be there.